And I think a lot of what one needs to pay attention to with a beginner is not the outcome that they were thinking. All right, there's, there's this four months time, there's this 5K that my friends are all gonna run and they've asked me to come along and it's a good place to start. So I'm aiming at that 5K, knowing that intrinsically there's so much more value than just aiming at the 5K. But what's very important about that 5K is, is having a very realistic, objective understanding of where I am now. What's going on with your body composition? What's going on with your mechanics? You know, can I just step out the first day and actually run? Or do I need three or four, you know, four weeks of, of walking and conditioning and loaded mobility and some, some, some strength work before I should consider that first run? Welcome to the Run Form Podcast. I'm Bobby McGee, running mechanics expert. And I'm Matt Pandola, your run-specific strength coach. Matt and I have been working together for almost a decade on some of the top athletes in the world, and we've decided to share that process with you guys. Hey, Matt. Great to see you again. Uh, I hope you and the family had a good Thanksgiving. We... we uh, we did not do a, do our podcast last week at that time for that reason. People need holidays. People need family time. And that's very, very critical. And I think that's also important in this third and last uh, podcast that we're doing on, you know, starting a running program, you know, helping the, that novice runner, filling up that playbook for them so that they know where to start. Uh, so this will be our last one in that series. It's kind of sad for me because... Uh, you know, every day I jump in my car and I see people out there running and I'm going, oh, man, you could make this a lot easier if, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, thanks, Bobby. I had a good time. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. It's uh, really about just enjoying the family and being thankful for that. And I'm sure everybody did the same. So I, I really like to kind of kick off my year at Thanksgiving, right? So in, in my mind, that's when I start to really work towards the next year. I don't wait for January 1st. And uh, I had some some thoughts when you just said watching people run by. My my daughter is constantly critiquing run form when she <laughs> sees people running by when we're in the car or something. And uh, it's one of those things where I really do believe that people want to be able to get that best version of themselves. And uh, they just, you know, they're unconscious in confidence when it comes to some of this stuff. And this last part of the series in running or starting your running program as more of a beginner, this is maybe the most important series really doing because there's obviously a lot more people who are beginners or they consider themselves more of a novice type of athlete. But we had this interesting conversation just before the podcast started about, about this very uh, type of situation where you will have somebody with a performance mindset that is a beginner or more of a novice. And that's where I think a lot of these tools that we are sharing with you here today and in this series, if you haven't listened to our first two, you can go back and listen to those. But these are the kind of things that we do like to share from the beginning so that we can help with your longevity. We know that you probably are going out there wanting to push yourself and that's a good thing too, but we just want to give you a little bit of structure along the way. Yep. As we said last time, uh, a number of the the bigger global critical concepts we will go over again, right? And so, so we'll be 
repeating them in this in this part of the podcast, right? And uh, you know, just given what Matt is up to in his daily life and what I'm up to in my daily life in terms of our clients and our business, uh, a statement that we use a lot is this whole idea of, of strong before long, right? And I think it helps the beginner when they understand that there's a number of sports out there that have their basis just in daily life, right? But there's not a lot of people that go from a sedentary lifestyle to running. And so they just don't understand that running is so very, very different to, say, riding your bike or riding an exercise bike or going for a walk uh, or even going into the pool and breaststroking, you know, a couple of laps. All of those things place a much easier transitional demand. Obviously, you're going to be equally unfit in all those activities if you haven't done them before. But the consequences of overdoing them is much, much lower. And if you think in terms of how the human brain works, uh, why running is not so easily adapted for people is, is because it's hard to find joy in it very quickly. And most people, whether it's their job or whether it's their lifestyle, have kind of a, a competitive mindset, right? And so they go, if I'm not sweating and I'm, I'm not breathing hard and I don't have aching muscles, then I really haven't got a workout in, right? And 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 uh, running has that that dark specter because if you step over some of those early mistakes, then it just takes you a lot longer to get into running. And you want to avoid this dreaded thing of saying running's not for me. So running is for a whole lot more people. You know, we've always had these conversations about the knees and all that sort of stuff. So Matt. Go into a little bit of what it means to be strong before long. Yeah, well, running is strength, right? You you need to be strong. People don't necessarily think of it that way, right? But running itself is a strength sport. You are essentially bounding on a single leg, right, Bobby? Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, you know, luck, luckily, if you have good form, that bounding is less demanding than if you were just doing a a hop up and down, right? If you were just hopping in one leg up and down, good running form is a more partialized transitional movement and it's a little easier to handle. But if you have poor form, and a very simple example is if you have a very low cadence, right? You think, okay, I'm starting off on a running program. Let me take slow steps and slow steps are fatal, right? Because that increases your ground contact time, that increases load uh, per step on on the bone structure uh, as well as on the connective tissue and on the musculature. So, you know, um, but it is that eccentric motion that we've spoken about in last the two things is the muscles are tightening, right? Talk about running as a strength activity. And I kind of like to say you cannot do the kind of work you need to do to be an effective runner if you are not strong. But running is actually a power activity. It's literally about being really strong and uh, powerful in your arches, so springy and elastic in your arches, in your ankle, in your knee, in your hip. And uh, to be able to do any of those things, you need a background in conditioning, right? You, you, can't, you can't hit a baseball at 100 miles an hour if you don't know how to do that movement neurologically and slowly, you'll just, you know, uh, tear every muscle you have in your upper body, right? 
and running is pretty much the same thing. Uh, a lot of people who are sedentary and need to sprint for the safety of a child or something like that often experience pretty dramatic muscular injuries if they suddenly start sprinting and they stone cold, you know. So um, it, it's, it gives you an example of that. Yeah. And in my world, we look at strength precedes power, right? So everything you just said, very true. And this time of year, it's actually my busiest time in the year as a strength coach, because those people who are getting their base strength in, or they're working on the fundamentals again, so that they can improve and they can increase their overall capacities. Those are the steps that we need to take in the quote unquote off season. The holidays tend to be a good time to work on these things too, because we do have a lot of family events. We have a lot of other things going on. For some people, they may be racing through this part of the season, but for a lot of people, it's where they uh, usually actually lose a lot of their results, right? And that mindset that, okay, I'm going to take the holidays off and then January 1st, I'm going to make a New Year's resolution and I'm really going to get after it. And I try to steer people away from that, but uh, kind of hit that that uh, base phase for the strength where they're really learning their fundamentals and they're developing but it's only maybe, again, a shorter duration of time that they're committing to or time that they can commit to with their family being first over the holidays, right? So uh, our run form program there, it's a great thing to start where you can work on the fundamentals and you can really get used to these pillars and it doesn't take long each day, even if you're not doing a lot of running right now or in the case of somebody like Ryan Peel, who's been on the podcast and he did the Chicago Marathon, that was a great episode where we talked about what he accomplished uh, during that process. And then we talked about the actual race itself when he finished. And then we went more into a maintenance mode for his running after that. And he's really working on the basics. He's working on his base again, right? So it's all very manageable but it's allowing him to really set up success for 2024, right? So we always do want to keep those fundamentals in mind. For me personally, because I'm so busy right now as a strength coach working with athletes on their base strength, I have to just look at prioritizing certain goals with my nerve damage that I've had and I've talked about, but I'll remind people I have some tree trauma on the left side of my body from a tree falling on me when I was a hot shot. Now this is 25 years ago or so, but it's something that I always go back to what, what can I do even in micro sets throughout the day? What is my protocol to just even maintain a lot of these fundamentals for myself? So, you know, everybody's got their own process and when things work better for them, but always keeping in mind that you're always wanting to work on your mobility, your motor control, and then you're really wanting to start to load those mechanics with good strength so that you can execute better force production, better power output. And that's just an evolving, you know, thing. And we're not looking at just what can I do in three months or in three weeks with a new year's resolution, but what is this goal of mine going to look like in three years or in three decades from now? 
that longevity aspect is so important. So a lot of us really want to uh, accomplish um, a big goal for that next year. And that's something that I think ultimately we can look at those things as being important to really get us out the door and get us moving well. But we want to keep in mind what should our goals look like in 30 years from now as well. I want to be able to function well. I want to be able to move well. I want to still be able to enjoy running in those mountains. So that might be hiking in those mountains right now as we're working on the basics. Said really important things there, Matt. Um, and if I take it down to the to the psychological side of things, it's it's really interesting how I've changed my understanding of that word base, right? Uh, a base is, is what you have accumulated in a lifetime to the point where you can start doing those kind of exercises. So, you know, when people are in the holidays and so on and they're thinking, okay, I'll make this New Year's resolution and I'll start again, right? Uh, what they don't think is uh, is that they, their base is eroding during that time. They're based from what they've done the last four, five, six years, right? Often I look at an athlete and I say, okay, about two years for that athlete to start being at this level, right? And you know what? It's always four years. It's never two years, you know? And so people know that whole concept of, again, that's going to be my closing theme and it was my opening theme of consistency, right? So back at the turn of the century, right? Uh, and I'm not talking about turn of this century. I'm talking about turn of the previous century, right? Distance runners used to do something called a hundred ups, which was basically a high knee drill where they'd get up in the morning and they'd do they'd run a hundred steps, right, with their knees up high. And so, if you think of during the holidays, hundred ups is an unbelievable exercise. If you don't get out the door for a for a ten or a fifteen or a twenty minute run, right? Um, so, when you're thinking about that process, right, and going, wait a minute, consistency is the rule here, and people are not fond of doing uh if they are runners or they are walkers it takes them a while just like it takes anything to get into this the, into the strength stuff and they don't realize when they take that paradigm and saying strength doesn't need an hour at a time right <laughs> you can do really good work in five or ten minutes if, if if you are working on this on this progressively right and also People find it hard to connect like mental skills training with performance. They find it hard to connect strength and conditioning directly with performance, right? Even with our elite athletes, they'll start working with us and they'll kind of buy in because we've had previous success with other athletes. But three months down the line, they're going, oh my goodness, this is making a huge difference for me. I've changed nothing in my training, et cetera, et cetera. And so when it comes to the beginner, knowing what you can do in the Christmas holidays just from that perspective. You know, you're just doing your loaded mobility, just doing, you know, a little bit of banded work. It, it maintains that. And that brings me to uh, an important point, which is when people are, uh, we want them to cue off their legs, right? We want, to, want them to know what's going on in their ankles, what's going on in their arches, how do their calf muscles feel, Normally, it's the calf muscles that go first. If you're an older beginner, 
it's really hard to get over that hill with the, with the calves if, if you're in too much of a hurry, right? So your whole body can run, but your calves can't run. <laughs> and now, now you set yourself back you know, for people to, to understand that, right? And then also just to know that if you do a workout that's a little bit beyond what you should have been doing or, or what you're capable of, it's not going to tell you tomorrow morning that you overstepped the mark. It's going to tell you tomorrow night or even the next morning. And sometimes that can last up to five days. But if you've messed with your consistency and not been able to do something for five days, that means you've overdone that workout, right? And the psychological part of that is, is if you didn't make sure that there was something in that little workout that you did that wants you to come back and do it again in two days' time, then you've overdone it, right? You can't make these things hateful. And it's a problem that happened all over the world with the with the athletics track, right? Schools would have a, a a track and universities would have a track and communities would have a track and you'd grow up at school dreading going to PT because the teacher was going to say, do four laps, right? And it became like a punishment, right? And so afterwards, people just started saying, I, I hate track, right? And that's where those things are born, like it's bad for my knees and I'm not a runner because we used to do track all the time and I hated it. You, you've really got to... Find, find some enjoyment in that process, right? So don't cue off your heart and lungs. Don't cue off how much you sweated. Don't cue off your heart rate. Don't cue off your breathing. Those are all important things. But remember, your your first failing point are going to be somewhere in your legs. So try and consider it that way. And they don't send good messages. That The message gets there too late <laughs> oftentimes, you know? Yeah, no, and I just... It just reminded me as you were talking, why I bring up someone like Ryan is because we know that he's a really good ultra runner. He's got uh, some really good uh, experiences and times and distances under his belt. And he tends to go in these waves, though, in the past where he gets to a high level of performance. He usually hits his goal or gets really close to it. But then after that, he falls off. He falls way off. And so that's why we continue to work together after Chicago, where he said, you know, Matt, I really want some accountability here. And the first thing we really talked about was what was going to give him a reasonable goal, keep him on track so he's main gaining even, but just not overwhelming and not hitting that point where he's really getting deconditioned and losing all of the results that he got training for Chicago, right? So um, we have more summits around us in Reno than I think, I believe, any other city in the U.S., right? And so he really loves the mountains. And so it's very simple. Every Sunday, he's hitting another summit as a, a fun little goal for him. Most of it's hiking, right? There's some running that he does in the flatter or rolling sections, but most of it's really steep and he's hiking up that. And uh, he convinced me to go with him next Sunday. So I'll try to survive that with him. Right. But that's what really kind of sparks his interest right now and keeps him going. And at the same time, the base strength training that we're working on and those fundamentals that we have in things like uh, movement improvement, or that we have, of course, in our um, run form pillars. Those are things that we're addressing and it doesn't take a ton of time. 
And it's something that he can do without getting overwhelmed and then feel like family still first over the holidays. So I'm proud of that. And I think that's a good example for people because it's not only, uh, I think, setting them up much, much better for 2024 for those future goals in about six months from now, but it's also allowing him to feel like he's not losing so much over a period of time where he doesn't have a more immediate uh, race or goal. Yeah, no, I think that that's brilliant, you know, to start seeing uh, the holidays as an opportunity to give you a leg up, but it doesn't have to eat massively into your family time and stuff like that. And if if you feel that you have to drop whatever exercise program you're on because it's holidays, then you were probably overdoing it anyway. It has to be part of your life. It has to fit in with part of your life. You know, you know, and I know that right in the middle of the holidays when, you know, everybody's stuffing themselves and it's family and everybody's getting together, that getting out the door for 20, 30 minutes is, is, is heaven. It, it, it breaks it up. It makes you feel like it's okay to celebrate and stuff like that, but you've got this little piece of reality. There's a reason why the holidays are associated with, you know, things like suicide and depression and stuff like that is because you're not working, you're not doing your daily ritual. You kind of, you've upset that ritual and your exercise program is part of your ritual and keeping that going is is very important. And, And then knowing that you don't have specific things you don't have the local 5k that you're preparing for anymore or anything like that you can now go work on those fundamentals and the fundamentals intrinsically give you joy that it's really nice to 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 do your gym stuff to do your strength stuff to do your mobility stuff you know those things are so important and that's the beauty of run form right you you can go and refer to that you say i'm going to just pull three of the loaded mobility things out today i'm just i've been i've been doing run form uh, and today's like super busy. I'm just gonna go in there and I'm just gonna pull out the everything stretch and, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have some fun on the carpet for six or seven minutes. I'm gonna grab my bands and I'm just gonna feel so much better about myself after doing that. You know, so you know, when you look at a, a training program and you say, Okay, I've got I've got duration and I've got frequency and I've got intensity. Those are the things I play with. And to know that when you're starting off with a running program, your first thing that you're looking for is duration and frequency, you know, and duration and frequency does make that volume thing for you. But stay away initially from the intensity, right? Uh, because that's that's more risky. Your body hasn't been prepared. You haven't done your run form stuff that prepares your body to handle that intensity. Right. And and that brings up that really key thing. I hear so many athletes talk about I'm really slow or I did a really slow long run or I I I did a little faster session today. You know, try and move away from those words because they just a little bit judgmental to say, I did an easy workout today and I did a hard workout today, you know, and sometimes know that in the in the lexicon of the beginner, hard means a little longer. That's what hard means. It doesn't mean a little faster. So try and grow that duration. And there's so many things in the run form that will help you neurologically maintain and achieve the speed that you'll ultimately be able to do anyway, but that was would not be safe to do when, when you are a beginner runner. You know, just if you were doing two runs a week, maybe a tiny little 10-minute run now on another day 
which is your third session for the week, that's where you go and you say, okay, now I'm doing three runs a week instead of two. That's my increase in frequency and that's my quality workout. Yeah, that frequency and consistency part of the conversation, I think is what I'm, you're reminding me what I tend to always get at with your age groupers, your beginners. You're you're not a professional athlete, most likely, right? And if you are a professional athlete, I'm working with a professional boxer right now. We will probably be doing a little bit of training on Thanksgiving. We did training Christmas Day. I mean, it's because you have to be ready for a specific event, and it doesn't matter that it's the holidays. Uh, you know, thankfully, you're not a professional athlete. You're not relying on sponsors, and yet a lot of this influence that's out there, you know, just grinding every day and working hard, you're only seeing the the highlight reels of what professional athletes are doing, but you might be seeing those reels right now and going, oh, I need to work harder. And I'm trying to always get people to understand that there is so much beauty in the basics and the true master's of any sport or of anything really in life, they're always going back to the basics and they're continuing to try to master that, realizing that they're never going to absolutely master those basics, which is part of the fun part of the challenge, right? So you mentioned before with uh, run form, I do get questions sometimes, okay, I've completed run form and what should I be doing now? Well, if Again, it's the part of your year where your time is a little bit more limited. Don't crowd that time or try to add on to your list of things to do, right? So uh, maybe today I'm going to go for my fantastic four movements, the top four movements that I love to do. And maybe you're one and done on a movement and realizing that you're going to have to micro set that movement and maybe get in another set of that later on in the day when you can. I constantly do that working out of my office here and it works. It's just about being consistency and the frequency and really realizing that that in itself has uh, a, a lot of value to it. In fact, it is the base value that allows us to build when we do have more time, right? So, you know, I'm looking at running a fast mile, but I'm not going to try to structure that into my planning until my, uh, you know, holiday season is over, but I still want to be able to make progress towards that, knowing that the movements that I'm choosing are really the ones that work best for me. Right. So that's an evolving process. And, uh, people do have different times when they have more ability to be able to add more to their, uh, workload. And it just, it's a different story for everybody. So keep in mind that this may not be the best time for you to do what you have uh, in the schedule or what's on the blueprint. And that's okay. That's why we plan in pencil, but just don't give it all away. Don't just stop doing all of it. Uh, just maintain or maintain what you can. And finally, I would say for, again, the beginner listening to this or somebody who considers themselves more of a novice, just embracing that process, but giving yourself a little bit of a goal, like with Ryan at the end of his week, just a little summit to do. 
He's used to running a lot more. So running between five and seven hours total a week for him is a lot less for an ultra runner. That's not a lot. And he's really enjoying it and he's staying motivated and he's actually in fantastic overall uh, health and, and uh, conditioning is just exactly where we were hoping we would be. So we're in a great place because we didn't overcook it. Yeah, talk, talking about ultra running, and I know we're digressing a little bit, but the interesting thing was one of the world's top ultra runners has just come out and said she doesn't do long runs at all. She finds that long runs just set her back. She's much better off doing consistency, 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 right? Yeah. And so, you know, again, but that's a, it's a good lesson for the beginner too, right? It's understanding that progression in all endurance sports, right, and and in all strength and conditioning is not linear. You know, you'll do some work and then there's an inculcation period. And we spoke about this in the first one that we did in this series, right, is, is that the second run and the third run might not be anywhere as pleasant as the first one was, right? But over time, it's so addictive, especially running is so addictive and the endorphins and stuff that you get out of it and the anti-inflammatory responses that you get out of running are, are highly addictive, right? And so some people end up running too much because they just can't stay away from it, right? And so if you plan your running and your frequency starts to go up, then you can just play around and get that duration down a bit so that you, you know you have your fix more frequently, but you're just paying attention to what your body's capabilities are. And I think a lot of what one needs to pay attention to with a beginner is not the outcome that they were thinking. All right, there's there's this four months time, there's this 5K that my friends are all going to run and they've asked me to come along and it's a good place to start. So I'm aiming at that 5K, knowing that intrinsically there's so much more value than just aiming at the 5K. But what's very important about that 5K is, is having a very realistic objective understanding of where I am now. What's going on with your body composition? What's going on with your mechanics? You know, can I just step out the first day and actually run? Or do I need three or four, you know, four weeks of, of walking and conditioning and loaded mobility and some, some, some strength work before I should consider that first run? You know, um, I mean, I play that same game myself. I have a little bit of, of, excess mass right and i'm going okay now i want to start a little uh run plan but i know that that's not a good place for me to start a run plan at so i've got to go three or four weeks with my walking and my strength work and so on and then when i get to that point i feel okay now i can start uh you know loading up on the running a little bit more than i did before so just that just that awareness that longevity doesn't happen if there's constant breakdowns, you've got to absolutely be a realist. And that's why you say, okay, I'm going to start slowly and easily, you know, maybe take out even slowly. I'm just going to start easy. What is easy for me? And then grow from that perspective. And then there's places in the gym and with the band of dynamics and stuff like that, where you can get your jollies from working a little harder, right? And, and work up a sweat. But but don't go and find that initially with, with your running, right? Do you, you know, if you go, I'm really struggling to run twice a week and you just keep going, you keep going, you keep going until you're there twice a week. Before you go to three times a week, rather go twice a week, five minutes further. You know, that's a, that's a better way to look at that, you know?
Yeah. And, you know, as you're talking, it reminds me of what I do. I have these conversations with athletes about where you take that cyclic action of, of running and we do look at long-term how we can have injury prevention and increase performance, prehab to performance. And really, it starts to me with really adapting the three C's that are in, of course, our run form program. We design that around being compact, being connected, and then having that, of course, optimal cadence for you. Those are our three C's. And what that really means is that we have learned to get that irradiation, that trunk stiffness by having our ribs, so our sternum, so that it is more in line with our pelvis so that we are dynamically controlling our trunk as we run. We are uh, now able to use our distal athleticism more efficiently and effectively. So an example of how we would focus on something like that to build the mechanical strength in order to be able to have better cyclic uh, action, we'll say maybe it's a hamstring issue you've been dealing with for a while, and now it's your off season, or now it's time where you can put some focus into things, okay? You've got the holidays, it's busy, but you're going to really focus on the hamstring slides, right? Because we know that that mind-to-muscle connection is important, and when you're doing that movement, you might think to yourself, okay, I'm only going to do 10 to 15 minutes today, but I'm really going to focus on every repetition. I'm going to make sure that I am feeling the breathing, the tempo in the movement. I'm getting that mind-to-muscle connection. I'm working on those engrams. I'm getting that time so that I can really start to have those three C's to work for me a lot better when I do start to um, run more, right? And so, you know, again, it's about prioritizing. This is a great example to me about how we do look at, in my world, the strength side of things being, again, preceding power and being a fundamental aspect that's easy to look over. How many times, Bobby, have we been at camps where we're teaching something like the hamstring slide and yet the athlete does not have their glutes firing really well? They cannot feel their glutes fire in that bridge position. They can't get on a single leg without spilling their spine. And we work on those fundamentals to get them connected. And over that even two or three day period of time we're there, we start to see those improvements already. So just building on those basic principles, again, it's going to pay big dividends for you. And it it doesn't take a lot of time. And it is something I feel like beginners have sort of this weird sometimes thought process or relationship with, again, probably what they see out there that they're influenced by about, you know, I really have to grind all of this out or I have to get into these uh, movements for an hour in the gym at a time or it's not going to work. Uh, that's the consistency and frequency we've been talking about. That's the most important factor to me is that we're consistently getting it done with not just training, but what I call fit training, right? Focused, intentional technique focused, intentional training, focused, intentional torque is what it all leads to, right? That's what we really want out of all this. So really paying attention to those kind of details and allowing yourself that time and process to advance and to get better when that can be more of your main focus 
even if it's only 15 minutes at a time. Absolutely. No, that's so critical to just hear what Matt said. And so, you know, we're getting towards the end of, of this session and the end of this series. And I just wanted you to clear up two things there for people, just for, so that they understand. Matt, uh, when you, you use the word distal, just explain that to people in terms of position, you know, so that they understand what you were referring to. Yeah. So if you're if you're looking at your uh, left wrist in your arm position when you're running, and let's say that you that wrist is kind of floppy, right? That's of course going to affect the right ankle, right? And those are our whips. Those are distal or further away from our center of mass, from our core, if you will. Our trunk is what we want to really learn to get stiff. So we have that dynamic trunk control as we are using our whips distally, but it's all has to be essentially managed or it's like a transition system, right? If you're a car, you like to use the car analogy, right? Where that transmission system is is coming from your core or what you would call the chassis, I think, of the car, right? So that's the way I think of it. And when you look at, or if you think of analogy of uh, a glass, right? You have that empty glass. You can fill that glass up with just so much, right? And that is where a lot of times we're at when we are training for a specific goal, like a marathon or something. And you're just doing your best to make sure that you're able to uh, meet the needs or demands of an event that you're training for. But a lot of times we do run into trouble when that that uh, water just starts spilling over. So how do we get a bigger glass? We get a bigger glass by do- getting back to the basics and by doing our strength work, by working on our mechanics, by really working on the three C's that we talked about, but starting with that compact position, right? So why did we start, for example, with the hamstring slides in run form? Because that is the first step really fundamentally to be able to build mechanically towards something, let's say like the Nordic curl that everybody's uh, kind of aware of these days that help to prevent hamstring injuries. Well, Nordic curls are fantastic, but working at uh, different facilities like Nevada Physical Therapy over the years, I can tell you almost nobody can get in and do a proper Nordic curl on day one, right? So we start them with hamstring slides and we move up from there, right? So again, getting back to the basics. Do I do hamstring slides? Yeah. Can I do Nordic curls? I can do them decently, maybe to about 45 degrees, but uh, I'll be the first to admit I'll never get all the way down to the ground and up. So what is the thing that I'm able to do more frequently with good consistency and not feel like I've completely overcooked myself? You know, hamstring slides, right? So those are just examples of things that we can do and we can accomplish right from the very beginning, even as a beginner, so that we can uh, have further progress. So the distal athleticism with our arms and our legs is just that much better. And in fact, I'll finish with this. This will be my last little part to give examples, but I am so proud of, there's an athlete I've been working with. She had a lot of shin pain, uh, a lot of issues that didn't, it wasn't just dis- discomfort, right? It was, we were looking at some long-term 
damage if she didn't change something, but it certainly took away from her track season every year. And working on these fundamentals, I'm just, you know, I got to knock on wood as I say it, but um, she's been working on these fundamentals and she started run form a few months ago. And she was saying to me, or her mother was actually, what exactly do you think made the difference, right? What movements were like made the biggest difference? And I said, well, I, we, can, we can start to hone in on that a little bit more, but I can tell you that just by following these fundamentals, it all one hand washes the other, or as you like to say, one plus one equals 11. It's a combination of these factors that allow it to work together. But if I had to you know, get it down to one common theme is that we learned to have that compact position, whereas before she was really spilling her spine with excessive anterior pelvic tilt. She still has anterior pelvic tilt, but to her optimal range. But more importantly, it wasn't about getting rid of anterior pelvic tilt. It was about controlling that so that she could get the best out of her gait, out of her form, without trying to change who she was or structurally. We're looking more at mechanically, how are we moving better? Now that we can do that, we have been building up her training and we've had zero insults, zero incident of pain. And I'm honestly quite surprised at how smoothly it went, even had this many years of doing this with athletes. But um, I give all credit to her because she has not missed any of her steps or her days. She's been really good and consistent with it, but it's just about uh, 10 to 12 minutes in the morning that she did every morning. And that was the most consistent and frequent thing that I uh, think made the biggest difference now so that she can really build on her, her speed. That's a, that's a good way to close it up there. So just to remind everybody again, and you guys will see this in run form, but the three C's are being compact, which Matt referred to a lot. And then the second one is being connected, which is about coordination and also very much about how the core operates and needs to function and needs to be strong during the running motion. And in Matt's one plus two, uh, one plus one equals 11. I like to think of the three C's, uh, which are connected, uh, as I said, and compact. The third one being cadence, one plus two equals three. In this particular case, number three being the cadence, how you put your foot down on the ground, all about loading that spring mechanism, not collapsing into yourself, not losing that. So in summary, there's folks start easy. All right and uh, start fractionalized, you know, break it up. Don't try and run for 20 minutes straight away. You know, just 20 by one minute is a, is a much better place to start. One minute on, walk for a minute, that kind of thing. Uh, know your limiters, but not only know your limiters, pay attention to those limiters. Be aware that, that, that you know, they, they're sending out signals, react to those signals. And, and that's, that's the magic that is Matt, right? Is, is I notice a signal tell Matt, Matt has ideas how, how to address that uh, signal from a strength and conditioning perspective. All right. What you Lead just said though, Bobby, is so good that I have to, I have to do what I'm famous for doing and say one more thing, right? Because the fractalized approach that you just talked about with that particular athlete I was just referring to, I started her off with about 30 seconds, 20 to 30 seconds of running at a time. 
and built her up from there to where she was finally going for about four minutes of running and then one minute of walking or even about 15 seconds of walking even in between. And she's comfortably built up to that. But she looked at me so confused. And I do, uh, when we first talked about her program, she's like, she really felt like she was taking several steps back, right, to start her program. And I can tell you that with somebody like that, um, I don't mean to throw stones, but her old program that she was on was um, really just a blueprint that worked for most, right? So again, that's where I go back to just be careful about just following a blueprint that so-and-so did that created success for them. You're a, a different person, an individual who might need to learn to fractionalize things a little bit, uh, a little bit more. But in other words, look at your set points, right? I had her starting at 20 to 30 seconds because I knew that she was able to hold her form for that duration of time. And then we just built it up more and more at the end of uh, running for four minutes in a row. The th key there is that she's holding her posture for that four minutes, letting it flow out of her for the entire duration without losing that. So that's where the four minutes has built up to. It wasn't about some magic number. It was just about how she was able to hold her form, let it flow out of her. And that's where you say, you know, uh, basically go easy before longer. Well, that's, I think, an example where she really did not want to start the program, I think, that way. I think she felt like it was um, too easy. And then now she's going so much stronger so she can go longer and quite a bit faster. So that's something that just she had to trust the process, but it worked. And you look at the long term, the longevity aspect of things, and we are looking at uh, some a great season ahead of us. But also when she's much older, I want her to be able to continue to enjoy her running. So I think we checked off a lot of boxes there, but it's again, going back to those basics and for her to compare herself to herself. Now I think she understands, well, I was doing so much more before, but I was in pain, right? Now I'm doing, uh, I'm, I've built myself up and I'm doing things the right way for me. And I can understand now that I'm not supposed to have to go through that kind of pain or discomfort or insults in order to accomplish a goal. Fantastic, Matt. That's a, a good little example to, to get with that, right? Just so people realize that the fractionalization helps you to get your breathing under control. If you are starting a running program and your breathing is out of control, you're taking one step per breath, then you're never going to get your 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 distal part of your body, your legs uh, uh, condition because you're fighting so hard cardiovascularly. So, you know, thinking of things like, is my breathing under control? Can I do what I'm doing now and breathe only through my nose? Then I'm probably in a good place there, right? So look at how many breaths you take. I mean, how many steps you take per breath just walking. And that's a good, good, good way for you to progress that, right? So it brings me to that last point is leave the ego at the door don't compare yourself to friends or to who you were 10 years ago or anything like that work from where you are and that's that sounds like really simple it sounds like a yogi bearer kind of thing 
but it's not. Working from where you are requires that you A, know where you are and you're paying attention. And then that last thing is, is the whole joy, the whole success is set up by consistency. So that's that's my last word uh, that I'm going to leave out there is that if you can get to a point where you're doing something consistently from a running perspective, you know, twice a week or six weeks, you've made a huge leap forward and things will get faster from there. But if you keep breaking down every two or three weeks because you're breaking these rules, then it's going to take a whole lot longer. Beautiful. Well said. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. As always, thanks for listening to the RunForm podcast. And as a reminder, we offer a totally free movement improvement assessment on our Pandola Project website. Here, you can get your own personalized protocol that will help your running today. So give that a try. Also, Bobby and I are experts on any question app where you can ask us, well, any question. So reach out to us directly there. Finally, if you learned anything new today, don't forget to share it with your compadres and leave us a quick review. That really helps us a lot. All the links you need are in the show notes below. Till next time, have a great run. Well, that was that was awesome. Yeah.